Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Empowering Family Caregivers on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Susan Bida, the co-founder of eCareDiary.com and your host for today's show. We are so excited to have Kathy Borey with us today to talk about Out of Memory Loss Comes the Unforgettable. It's uh, such an inspirational story. She is uh, the distinguished author of the lyrical memoir called The Long Hello, which is about her seven years with her mother who had Alzheimer's disease as well as Parkinson's. Uh, She is a playwright and a performance artist, and she first launched the lyrical memoir The Long Hello at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City back in 2010. she also has been, um, her excerpts have been shortlisted three times in the CBC Literary Awards, and her memoir is being adapted for stage by Kathy and Vancouver award-winning director and playwright James Fagan Tate. It's very exciting. Uh, currently, Kathy performs the text internationally, and she's available both as a solo, the, the uh, performance is available as both a solo artist concert as well as a concert accompanied by an actor and cellist, and sometimes even a gospel choir. Kathy, welcome, and thank you for joining us again. Oh, thank you, Susan. I'm so honored to be part of your great program. How are you? So uh, we're great, and uh, I'm I'm so excited to hear about all that you're doing, and um, and we have lots of questions for you, and and how exciting that that. your lyrical memoir is being translated on stage. So how is that going so far? Well, well, Susan, isn't it just so astonishing? Here, you know, you here I was years ago when Mum was uh, going through this uh, these tricky experiences, and and here we are. How many years later? I guess you know, close to ten all told. It is still such a huge part of my life, and her story um, is being, you know showcased basically all over the world and will be on the stage. And now how could I have guessed that in the old days of caregiving, on, you know, days that were challenging and days that were beautiful, and here, here we are talking about it all these years later. Such, yeah. a, such a neat thing. It's such a neat thing that out of such darkness can come such meaning. Absolutely. Now, now Kathy, um, I did not share with the audience uh, that you have uh, not only a degree in nursing, but also a master's in public health, and you've uh, you have a law degree, and you are a business. You've also uh, done some business. You have um, this profound uh, professional uh, background, but you still felt very unprepared for your caregiving experience. And in hindsight, do you think there were some things you could have done differently to change those feelings? Well, that's a really interesting question, Susan. It's also quite a tough question because. You know, certainly I think most caregivers, once their loved ones have passed, look back and think, what could I have done differently? And one must be very careful not to kind of couch those feelings in terms of regrets, which is normal, I think, to do that. So I know you're asking me what I could have done to make it better, and that's a slightly different question. You know, I find that really hard to answer. I, I do think that when we were, my mom and I were going through this, there was not that culture change which has gone on in the last 
uh, few years where there's a much more positive outlook uh, for people going through Alzheimer's and or related dementias and also a, a more positive perspective of them, a more respectful perspective. And I think that if I had been lucky enough to known other people who believed the same things I came to believe, which is, look at you honor these people all the way through. Uh, I think if I could have sort of hung out with some of those people or found them wherever they were, uh, were in the globe, I, I would have done better. I'm, I mean, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and she was telling me the story of her mom, and, you know, using the words that people do use but are being used less and less, like my mom isn't wasn't there anymore, so I couldn't, you know, be with her. And I thought, oh, no, don't say that. You, you, they're always there. And so I think that uh, I'm a little off track here, but I, I, I'm going to just stay off track a little longer. But, you know, I said to her, if we had a child or a sibling that had a brain injury, would we say they aren't there anymore and give up on them, or would we keep trying? trying to relate to them any way we can. So part of it is the age perspective. But I think that part, for me, if I just had an idea that there were other people out there who felt the way I did, and that is the advantage to caregivers today. There are lots of people like yourself, Susan, in your program, and museums and caregiver groups that focus on maintaining a, a respectful perspective to towards the people that have dementia that's a great thing and that's what i wish i could have cashed in a little bit differently well uh let's let's get right into it then because i i I think that um our listeners have a lot to gain from uh hearing the way in which you decided to uh tell your story tell the story about you and your mother and and why you were compelled to uh uh, narrate the story tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit about that yeah, that's interesting. You know, I had always wanted to be a writer, but I was so taken up with these other careers that uh, I never did anything about it. And it wasn't until I had to stop everything and was, you know, invited to care for my mom, and I like that word, um, that I started to listen to her more carefully because she kept saying things that were very poetic and sort of astonishing. And I remember one day um, I was in a restaurant with her, and I had just suffered from a terrible broken heart from this man and I was so upset and I thought oh I better not I better not bug her about this and you know I I mustn't upset her and maybe she won't be able to understand me but I said you know what do you do mom I gave up and asked her what do you do if you love somebody but he doesn't love you and without skipping a beat she just said go find someone else which (laughs) which you know is hysterical and then I said well what what is love And she said, it's a sublime felt between two people in the same working order. And, you know, I've never heard a better description Mm -hmm. of love. And I started to write this down, Susan, her poetic sort of sensibility that was coming out that I'd never heard before. From that, um, I started to tape our conversations. And so I have her words verbatim throughout the book, which, you know, essentially formed the core of the book. And then I started to sort of my own stories coming out in somewhat a similar lyrical form. Um, and so that's, that's sort of the form that the book take, took. And I decided that really you can't, I mean, everybody that deals with someone with Alzheimer's has a different story. However, when you, and, and I do think that you need to put 
your experience in context of your whole past relationship with that person. And by doing so in that book, then I was offering our story as an example to serve other people. So the narrative came out very lyrically uh, and poetically, both from my mother and from me. And, and that's why it came out the way it did, which is very different from most nonfiction books on dementia, which are more how-to books and which are strictly sure. a kind of a nonfiction um, approach, which didn't work for me well, when I, I was, yeah, and it didn't work for me either reading them or when I came to write them. So that's how that happened. Well, that's this is so fascinating. Now, um, your mother, so your your mother never spoke in uh, or was never a poet herself in, uh, I think, before she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Uh, she was never, um, uh, she never spoke lyrically before until the 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 disease came on? Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, she was a, you know, 1950s post-war housewife and, and uh, mother, which she loved. But I think what, what you, when you talk to other people who um, are carefully listening to people with Alzheimer's and not, you know, putting them in front of the TV all day, then the, if you really listen and um, invite conversation you might not understand what they're saying but much of it i've heard from other people have experienced the same thing this sort of gorgeous language sometimes it makes sense uh to us sometimes it doesn't to us uh and rather poetic so it's uh, it's not uncommon uh well worth listening to and not and not uncommon well this is fascinating so um i want to point to one um part of your story in your memoir which is about the ballroom dance lessons. Um, you, you cover your entire life, but the one intriguing story is about, uh, well, I'm sure you have many intriguing stories in the book, but the, the one about the ballroom dances you took when your mother was ill. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fun. That's a fun story, Susan. You know, what happened was, I love to move to music, and I had never learned how to dance. And the, the fit, uh, not the fitness, but the swing craze was on. I thought, oh, my goodness, that looks like a riot. I thought I would do that. Um, ended up trying lessons all over the place and finally going to Arthur Murray's and never looked back because they teach all these different kind of da- uh, lesson, uh, dances, all the ballroom in Latin. And what's so fascinating and why I put that in the book was I felt um, – not maybe not even so much at the time, but hindsight when I was writing, that there was a huge metaphor on learning how to dance and follow whoever, whomever I was dancing was that whole huge and very difficult experience of learning how to follow somebody on the dance floor is really what I was trying to learn with my mother in following her through her dementia experience. And in order to be a good dancer, whether you're a man or a woman, you must listen to your partner 100%. It's almost like a, 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 a sort of a feeling of meditation, a sense of meditation. You have to quiet down. You have to stop talking. You have to listen with your whole being and your body. And you can't interrupt, correct, reorient, which, of course, I try to do with my mom. Those things don't work in dance, and they don't work with dementia. So the stories about the ballroom dancing, which are fun and they're funny and they, you know, they're, some of them are sort of talking about the beauty of it, really served as a metaphor for how we should think about following people 
in dimension. And actually, Susan, now that I think about it, it's a really good prescription or recipe for just interrelating with anybody for that matter, whether it's kids Absolutely. or family or friends. Like just listen. Do do less talking and listen. It's such a great analogy because I think uh, we feel that um, they, they become other people and then the, the inclination is to want to um, control and, and, um, and you're absolutely right. There, there's more listening and, and observing that needs to happen. Um, mm-hmm. so, well, wow, you know, I really like your thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I, I love your point. I think that's brilliant that, you know, we tend to want to control and have people who they were before, but really, you know, we can't do that. It's really, that, I think that perspective is quite ego-directed or ego-centric. We need to let them be who they are, and whoever that is, whether they know us or not, they still have value as a human being, and just let them go. I, I love your thinking on that. That's really beautiful. Um, so tell us how, thank you, and, and how has, uh, tell us how has poetry and humor helped you better understand the eccentric realities of Alzheimer's as we don't yeah, deeper into, um, into Alzheimer's? Right, right. That's a great question. The the more I listened to my mom, the the, the I, I realized how funny she was. She was always funny, but it was funny now in a quirky way and very poetic. And I produced a second tiny little book where I took all her, all the, my sort of favorite quotes of hers that were taped and recorded and put them into a poetry forum. And in, in reviewing that, I, I just realized that the, the realities of dementia can be very, very heartbreaking. And I don't mean to minimize that. We, you know, my mom went through terrible times and so did I as her caregiver. But we, we already all know about that. And so that's why I try to concentrate on other perspectives. But basically I saw that in, in dementia, another reality other than suffering and heartbreak was this sort of eccentric, poetic and humorous, uh, other, other, worldly sort of other universe aspect to her that was quite I say uplifting but no I think a better word is meaningful it became very meaningful you know Viktor Frankl when he uh, was a holocaust victim he wouldn't use the word victim I don't think you know in his book Man's Search for Meaning he found meaning in his holocaust experience in the same way I believe we can find meaning in very difficult situations uh, like dementia. So the humor and the poetry uh, brought meaning and an uplifted feeling to that whole experience. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. And, and thank you for sharing that, Kathy, because I think there uh, are many caregivers out there who are kind of in that um, the, the throes of, of caring and are, um, I think there are many out there who are, uh, very uh, feel very isolated and also uh, sometimes depressed about uh, you know the experience and watching their parents and I think that your message really helps helps us see um, this this disease in a very I think more positive light and I and I appreciate your sharing um, that part of your experience. Um, your books have now been out for three years. Uh, what what impact do you think that they've had on people? Well, that's interesting. I think the best way for me to answer that question is to uh, give you feedback that I get regarding the books, because that's really the only way I I know 
how people are responding to them. And mm-hmm. the feedback I get from people who have already gone through the experience, because I, I do meet a lot of people that have already been through it and perhaps their relatives have passed, and they mm-hmm. will give me the feedback that they feel like they've been understood in um, in the experience. Because, you know, my book is, is pretty honest, and, I you know, there are lots of dark days, and I don't um, mince words about those days either. But they feel like they've been mis- that they've been understood, and people who are going through it tell me that it serves as a, a sort of a compass or a way to navigate these you know tricky waters. That they that they hear a voice in my mother that they weren't expecting, so that they find they take more time now not to correct or interrupt or remind people who they are. They just let that go a little bit more, or they try to. Um, so they find that that helps them in that regard. And then I meet people who haven't got any experience with it, but of course are going to because everybody will one way or the other. And they just feel the, the same sort of thing, that they're given an insight uh, into caregiving that will help them when they find themselves in that position. So that's the sort of feedback I get. And even the feedback I get from people, because it's an overall memoir about our lives, that the other stories like divorce and different things like that, that they um, help people who are are going through that experience as well or have gone through it. Now, uh, your mom has uh, passed away away in in the year 2006. so out of that experience, you've uh, written this book and, and or this ly- lyrical memoir, so to speak. Uh, how, how else has life changed for you? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, just as a little aside, I, you know, she was such an interesting woman, and I always took such counsel for her. I, I'm sure I, sometimes I think, oh, my gosh, what would she think if she could see what I'm doing? You know, part of me thinks she'd say, oh, would you stop with all of that and get on with your life? And parts of me would think, you know, oh, she'd be really proud that her words um, were getting out in the world and that were helping people and pro- probably proud that I was doing that. But uh, it's funny. It's really, it's basically taken over my life, I suppose, in, in some ways. Um, and I think that... I've, you know, I'm doing things I never thought I would be doing. I always wanted to perform uh, something beautiful and something useful and artistic, and I'm certainly doing that thanks to my mother or getting other people to do it. I mean, m- imagine doing theatrical readings with the, her beautiful words with an actor and a ch- cellist, a gorgeous cellist, and then sometimes with a gospel choir. I mean, what a what a trip. So yeah. it's changed a lot in... in yeah, oh, thanks, Susan. That's so sweet. I, uh, you know, that's good to hear. But So it's changed in that it's sort of become my occupation, I guess. And I, I imagine it will do until, uh, till some, I mean, maybe forever. I mean, I'm 61 now, so who knows. But it, it certainly has changed in that regard. I mean, I, it's interesting. I still miss her, but I, I sort of walk with her beside me rather than carry her now. You know, I used to carry her uh, when she was ill on my shoulders in a way, and even after she died, I felt like I was carrying her, which she wouldn't have liked that either. So finally, I think I feel like she's spiritually walking beside me as, you know, her memory is as a loved one, and that's a good place to get. And people should know that when they're caregivers, 
you know, when somebody dies, there's all these mixed feelings of grief and loss and relief and all these things. And it does take quite a long time, I think, especially when you've been an, uh, a personal caregiver to come to some sort of place of, of peace with all that. But it is possible. I want people to know that. Well, it's, it seems to me that, that um, your experience with your mom has really um, shifted uh, sort of the the second act of your life, which is in such a wonderful way. And uh, I, I guess what I want to ask you for the caregivers listening out there, um, you spent seven years or seven years have passed since your experience. Uh, what would you recommend um any, I mean, are there any strategies you would recommend which time or hindsight might provide them? That's that's a very interesting question. Uh, I think if I could summarize that, I would really concentrate that if I was going to be going out to the community to any kind of support groups or to uh, programs for people with dementia or programs for people to do with um, caregiving, I would really try to focus on those groups who embrace this perspective that, yes, there are terrible times and much suffering, but depending on your perspective, you can get through these days better if you just accept what's going on and honor it and try not to change it. This more positive aspect of personhood, which you read about all the time now, I mean, we have museums that run programs for Alzheimer's, people with Alzheimer's. I would access anything I could that would emphasize a positive aspect of dealing with a very tricky situation, and I would steer clear of anything that was sort of morose and uh, defeating in a personal way. I, I think that's what I would, sounds kind of funny, but I think that's what I would re- recommend most of all. Yes, no, absolutely. And um, Kathy, I, I want to share your website with our audience. It's kathybori.com, C-A-T-H-I-E-B-O-R-R-I-E.com. Uh, it's been such a pleasure having you on the program today. I, I have to find a way to get you to Pittsburgh and, and bring your um, your memoir to the city because we have so many so many people caring for their parents. I, I'm one of them. We, uh, my mother is going to be uh, coming to live with us soon in the, in the spring. And, uh, you know, I, I really feel personally very touched by your story. And um, I feel like I, I need to go through your book again and, and be inspired because I, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's easy, I think, for some of us to... Um, I think uh, lean towards the the dark side of these things, and I think more of us need to be uplifted and inspired and um, see see this experience for what it is, which is a uh, I think a life lesson, and uh, I think it's also a way for us to you know rather than long for something uh, that we you know that we know or that we're familiar with, is to reinterpret our relationship with our parents. Uh, in an, in a whole new way, and it's hard to do. It's really hard to do mm-hmm. that. And I think uh, from our conversation, I'm feeling like um, I'm learning that I need to do that. You know, I, um, you know, it's so I think it's so easy to revert to, I think uh, the child to you know be that child to your parent, but then, you know, you also don't want to be a parent to your child. I mean, a, a parent to your parent. So it's how to see them as equals and how to walk beside them rather than. Uh, carrying them 
so to speak, the way you say. So thank you for this. And uh, Well, um, Susan, thank you. Um, it's an honor to be part of y- your program. And, you know, there's many of us out here who are truly inspired by your excellent work, and I thank you deeply for that. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I want to thank our audience for tuning in. Uh, I invite you all to join us next Tuesday, well, actually, uh, next time, because this is uh, our last show for the month, for the year. Uh, next January 7th, which is a Tuesday at 2 p.m., uh, that's our first show of the year, we'll be speaking to Gregory Johnson and Marion Gambardella about their new book called Peace, Be Still, Prayers and Affirmations for Family Caregivers. Uh, to learn more about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, uh, please visit our website, eCareDiary.com, under content, and you'll see all the different programs we have. We have radio shows such as this, uh, webinars and uh, videos. Uh, everything is available for you, and we invite you to come and visit us. Kathy, thank you again. It's KathyBory.com if you'd like to learn more about Kathy or uh, maybe even bring her to your city. Um, Thank you so much, and it's been uh, wonderful speaking with you. Happy holidays, everyone. Bye-bye.